The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at HeftyRenew.com. Razaban, if IFL TV, proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to have with me the head of sport and entertainment for Meta Visionaries, uh, the knowledge himself, Mr. Spencer Ferron. Spence, looking sharp as always. How are we doing? I'm good, Raz. Even better for, for, for speaking to you. So, salam alaikum to you and all my Muslim brothers and sisters out there. Salam alaikum and all my non-Muslim brothers and sisters. I wish you peace and blessings. Uh, Spence, um, I know we were supposed to do this yesterday, but we didn't get the time. But um, just want to recap on the weekend. Joe Joyce proving to everybody where he belongs, and that's at the top of the heavyweight tree and amongst the the Fury Joshuas, the the Usics. Um, assess his performance, and did you expect him to be so clinical and dominate Joseph Parker the way he did? No. First of all, let me send a massive apology to Francis Warren because Francis Warren said to me that Joe Joyce was going to knock out um, Joseph Parker and I'm going to be absolutely honest I didn't see that happening I thought that fight was going to go points I thought it was going to be a very hard fight and that um, Joe Joyce was going to come out was going to come out victorious maybe even on a split decision but to see him be that clinical that was the arrival of Joe Joyce and I've said this many times before, I've said it many times on our podcast for myself and Bobby Tundi Ajay on the fighters, right? That the blueprint for a heavyweight of that kind of stature, who has done great things as an amateur, gone to the Olympics and, and medaled, you've got a silver medal, and really treated a lot of people was kind of arguing, maybe you could have won that, right, against, against Yonka, um, that that's how you bring a heavyweight along. Um, and I think that Fraser Clark's team should be looking at that and say that is how you take a guy along in these steps. It's been the correct steps all the way. And when you believe in your talent, you can take those alleged gambles. And when you believe in your talent, instead of just giving them guys some also random, that's not me having to dig at Fraser Clark in a very good fire. Everyone thought that Joe was Joseph Parker was going to start off fast and maybe win the early rounds. 
and then Joyce will come back into the fight a bit, a bit later. Did you expect that, number one? And number two, were you surprised how difficult Joyce made it for Parker by giving him no space to move about? Listen to me. I'll just work this one out. Um, there's a, a Joel Joyce is a, he is, he's, he's, he's got, he's got the DNA of Frankenstein, George Foreman and Ivan Drago all mixed up together. And then you put a little splice of the mummy inside of it. And then that is Joel Joyce. And, and with Joel Joyce as well, he's very, very deceptive. I know for a fact that Joel Joyce is actually fighting within himself because you don't really change up. You don't really see Joel Joyce change up gears, change up gears, change up gears. So I think we are potentially looking at the future heavyweight champion of the world. I'm going to be real. Um, because how well he takes shots. But the thing that I like about Joel Joyce is the way that he responds after getting hit. He responds straight away. And because he responds straight away, that's what makes him dangerous. And and he he throws educated punches. I think it was round five. He backs up Joseph Parker. He backs up Joseph Parker and he throws like um, five shots to the body. Five shots to the body. And that's something that you know that he's been constantly practicing in the gym on the heavy bag. Because that's how he threw the shots. And he, and he, and he, he was, and like, how he's practicing throwing that overhand right, that's something that him and Ishmael Salas must be practicing regularly. Because when he was throwing those right, and sometimes he's missing, but when he, when he, he was connecting, he was connecting hard. And, and it was that kind of thing where, you know, he's got the fight in him. And somebody who's 37 years young, because he's a 37 years young kind of guy, not a 37 year old guy, like, I really do believe that we're looking at something, something really special. And I don't like how people are saying like, oh, well, he's boring. Oh, well, he's this. Um, Tundi Ajay has renamed him. He's no longer the juggernaut. He is Jonoff Joe. That is who he is. He's a serious guy. Spence, what makes him so effective? You know, on TV, I, I wasn't at the fight. I watched it from home. He's, he, he comes across deceptively slow when he punches. Yet he's so effective. Sim- simply because, do you know that Joe Joyce does Caballero? You know that, what's it, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind of thing? So this guy can jump and spin and all. That's why I know that he's fighting within himself. So he, he's tricking the public. I'm telling you that now. He's tricking the public. But he never tricked nobody on Saturday night because that performance was, that was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show the heavyweight division that I've arrived. Dylan White is my guy. Couldn't do that. To Joseph Parker. Do you know what I mean? Andy Joshua is my guy. Couldn't do that to Joseph Parker. This man went in there and knocked him clean out. That serious. And it's how he did it as well. It was a transfer of weight, round 11. It was a transfer of weight because what he did with his right shoulder, he tucked his right shoulder over so he could dip and put the, the weight on the left leg. And then he came back and pulled up the left up. Something that we're not really seeing anymore uh, in boxing because, like, in especially heavyweight boxing, because there aren't there aren't many teachers there anymore. But what I'm seeing here is like just for him, just showing me doing that move there. You got to give Ishmael Salas a lot of credit because you know why? 
because that man's a teacher. And what happens is when you're being around a teacher and you're a decent student, you will be able to perform those instructions that your teacher has set out for you. You know, I know you're a man that always says styles make fights. Who would you like to see him in with next? Because he doesn't want to give me around. He doesn't want to play around. He's 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 got a version of the WBO belt. And who would you like to see him in the ring with next? Well, well, I was fortunate to speak to Joel yesterday on on the fighters right with me and Tundi. I was fortunate that he came on the show. So I got big him up. Also got big up um, um, Shane Watson as well. I remember giving this little kid work experience at, at Sky. And like now he's he's running some big things down at, at, at um, on Sam Jam, um, S Jam. So so big up that you good you, um, and he was saying like he he on business just wants to fight. That's he wants like he wants to fight because he knows that he's arrived now. You can't no one can't turn around and say he's not top five heavyweight in the world because he is top five heavyweight in the world. And I don't care who they are, any one of them, name any name, including Tyson Fury. I'm telling you. It's on because this guy is serious. He's a big guy. He's methodical. He's heavy-handed. And he's got a work rate on him. He's got a work rate on him. So, um, I don't know. I, I would say to frame straight in, the Usyk fight's got to be there, right? And I, I was listening to um, the BT recording because I actually paid for that. And the sneaky thing is this. When I bought the fight, you bought the fight as well, right, right? When you bought the fight, did it tell you the price of the fight? It didn't come up on my screen. I didn't care. I just clicked it but I'm, I'm, and bought it and, I'm, and downloaded it. But yeah, it's. Um, I would like to see him with Usyk, to tell you the honest truth. That's what I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in there with Usyk. This is a serious of the guy. I remember him having three fights in the same that he wanted to fight Derek Shazora straight off of the back. Do you remember that? They were going back five years ago. Yeah, I remember. Six that. years ago, right? Maybe that fight. Maybe that fight. If the money's right for Derek, um, but um, I like maybe Hergovic. That would be a good fight for him, simply because I thought Hergovic was very, very fortunate to get the decision over Zhang. But Hergovic is up there. Um, but I think um, Zhang and Hergovic was a final eliminator. I'm not quite rightly sure, but he's a WBL interim champion. But go straight into the back. Go and fight Usyk, man. Seriously. Because what I saw on the weekend, I don't know, business. You, you, Joe Joyce can have it with anyone. Absolutely. Well, we'll see you in the next couple of weeks what Frank has in store for Joe Joyce. Um, Spence, we were all getting excited. Well, I know you didn't want it, but um, in our last interview, we spoke about a potential fight between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Tyson's come out and uh, set a deadline first of Monday of this week, and the deadline has passed, and he said he's no longer going to fight Anthony Joshua. I just want to read a quote from Frank Warren today that he did with Piers Uncensored. He said, um, Tyson's adamant. He said, "He's enough is enough. Tyson's had enough. So that's it. He's a champion. He's the guy that matters and he makes the decisions. That's his decision at the moment. So can we now say, can we now stop talking about Joshua Fury? This is not going to happen this year? No, because... Um... Two years ago, when the fight was first moved, it was two years ago, right? And Tyson Fury made that announcement and it went all over the place. Um, and it took ages and nothing didn't happen. Then it was going to happen again. I think it was last year, was it last year, August? There was talk about it happening again and nothing didn't happen. 
Right. Why would you think that you're offering someone a deadline and automate it with a certain time and like it's going to take that quick, it's going to be that quick? Let's just be real. Anthony Joshua is still a cash cow, right? It's amazing what Anthony Joshua brings to the table. I've said this so many times that I don't, I don't believe it's the right time for Anthony Joshua. I'm not saying anything about news or anything. I just think that Anthony Joshua should go find himself, right? And when you're dealing with these kind of mental demons, I don't think it's right that Tyson Fury would say that and then Joshua come in this fight. Unless Tyson Fury sit down and sit shit. If Joshua fights again and gets beat again, if he tries to go on this, his own thing and tries to go on his world tour, he could get beat within that time. So let me just fight him now. So that way the fight's not dead in the water. Let me fight him now. He's ain't still ring. Let me fight him now. And I get it for the British public. Yeah, we want to see the fight, right? Because anti Joshua is this big entity. But I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be real. I'd want Tyson Fury and Joshua to for I'd like Tyson Fury to fight the best anti Joshua. That's what I want. Just like I like to see Tyson Andy Joshua fight the best Tyson Fury, but when he's the best, at his best, at this present moment, I don't think he's at his best. There there are people like in Joshua's team, Eddie's come out and said, look, we had a meeting with with the opposite, with Fury's team, with networks, and, and talks are progressing well. So was it always going to be this fight, or was, was one team bluffing the other? I don't know who... I, you know, I'm not going to go at one team was bluffing the other team, but they had their backup plan, and right? And their backup plan was Manny Wartrell, so it looks like Manny Wartrell is going to come in and fight Tyson Fury, and he can still scream that um, Andy Joshua's a chicken, and he's afraid of him and all the rest of it. And Joshua is none of that. And Joshua concentrates solely on himself and rebuilding himself mentally and physically and also spiritually. Do, do you think it's right for Fury at the level he is to fight someone like Manuel Cha and all, and all respect to Manuel Cha? No, I've seen worse heavyweight fights than that. You know? So right, I'm just going to be 100. I, I have seen worse heavyweight fights than that. So. Um, if Fury, Fury could just use that as just to keep acting. Nobody can't deny Tyson Fury for taking the fight and want to be keeping acting because he's, he's offered out these big names. You know what I mean, you got to look back over the last few years in, in world title fights. Um, he's, he's gone back in. He's gone back in with uh, the hardest punch in the world, single shot punch in the world in Deontay Wilder, and he's fought Dylan White. I mean, Dylan White's resume is, is a very, very good, outstanding resume. So he's done that. So obviously we say, well, what is there left for him? Well, there's the Usyk fight. There's the Usyk fight. And then also, far from, from Usyk, then there's the Joshua fight, right? And who else is there? But there is one person, Joe Joyce. Why don't you fight Joe Joyce? It's Usyk. I think more people are interested... Like, real people, aficionados, big up Danny Wright, more people who know boxing would say, yeah, that there, because you're, you're not fighting a man that's lost two back-to-backs. You're fighting somebody who's, who's, who's fresh and who's hungry. Go and fight, go and fight Joe Joyce. Do you think he'll, he'll willingly accept to fight Joe Joyce after his no, performance? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so, because maybe we think like Joe Joyce is a bigger name. Big enough name, but Joe Joyce is a bigger name than Manuel Chow. So go fight Joe Joyce. But Spence, do you feel like in that way? In that way, I know if it's a competitive fight, go fight Joe Joyce. 
do you feel do you feel like the fury is probably one of the only heavyweights that could potentially control joyce with his movement timing and size because of fury's well, attributes it's got nothing to do with his movement timing and size i think it's to do with tyson fury's intellect his intellect or boxing makes him very, very multifaceted because he understands the game, really understands the game. And he also understands um, there is a spiritual affinity to boxing. And Tyson Fury gets that, he knows that. And that's why Tyson Fury is dangerous. That's why he's such a good fighter. Spence, moving on next week. Um, born rivals, Chris Eubank Jr., Conor Ben. Um, in the 90s, both their fathers were obviously great role models and, and legends of the sport. Um, I know you, I've spoken to you briefly about this before, but how's your mindset almost eight, nine days away from the fight in terms of who do you think can overcome the other in this intriguing fight? You know what? Obviously, you're meant to scream and say, Eubank is meant to do Conor Ben. He's meant to do it quite quick as well. Yeah. But I'm going to be real with you. I, I saw Eubanks fight against um, what's the Morrison kid against Morrison, right? We went points with him, and I just saw Denzel Bentley, who's the and big up Denzel Bentley, a South London in the house. I see what Denzel Bentley did to Marcus Morrison. So off of that, now I'm looking. I say, you know what? I'm not too rightly sure, you know. I'm going to be real with you. And I will not be surprised if Conor Ben sticks it on, on, on Eubank. Seriously, sticks it on him. I will not be surprised. I'm not going to call, I'm not going to call like who I think is going to win and, and all the rest of it. But why I'm saying is this. This fight is not a foregone conclusion at all. Right? And I've got a funny feeling that we can see an upset here, you know? And Bill, what, I've got a really funny feeling that Conor Ben is going to do Chris Eubank Jr. Knockout? Stoppage? Um, I don't want to say on points, you know? Seriously, I want to say on points. I've really got a funny feeling. I've, I'm going to be real. I've really got a funny feeling that Conor Ben is going to beat Chris Eubank Jr. on points. We know he's not going to be working with Roy Jones Jr. for this particular fight, and he's going to go back with his father. But have you seen improvements over the last couple of years since his relationship with Roy Jones? No, what I've seen, with the improvements that I've seen is like he's actually listening to instructions now before he just go off and do his own thing which his father would tell him to go and do. His father would be like, yes, um, my son's a firebird. Let him go. Let him, let him do what he has to do because this is, this is the game. And my son is right. So that's what he would do. I'm saying we'll see now because the son, the, the son enjoys the regalia which comes with that package, right? So either Eubank is going to do... Connor, and we're all going to say afterwards it was a grotesque mismatch, blah, 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 and all the rest of it. Or Connor Ben's going to come out victorious. Do you do that on, on current form? 
Or do you say that based on rehydration, oh. draining him down, etc.? Listen, listen. Eubank, Eubank Jr. hasn't been 157 since he was, we say, 18, 19 years old. Right. That's a hell of a lot of weight, number one. Right? And he's going to be up with someone who's got relentless pressure. He, but you know what? Even Eubank, because Eubank has got injury, he could throw some mad combinations, right? So even Eubank's going to throw these mad combinations and get Conor out of there. But what I realize is like, Eubank isn't the hardest of punches. He's not. He's a work rate guy who breaks shot with, with that. But he's not a one-shot pull, even though he did get that the win against Eugene, which was very impressive, right? But if you look at it, he's not a one-punch knockout artist. Right, he's, he's hurtful, but he's not one punch knockout. Nice. Connor Ben is, even though Connor is a welterweight, but I know Connor walks around big, and this is not a mismatch. It's not a mismatch. I'm telling you, it's not a mismatch. So you're I've got, a, I've got, I've, I've told you, I've just got a mad feeling inside that Connor Ben is is gonna cause an upset. And Chris Eubank has said that if he loses to Conor Ben, he will retire and, and move away from the sport. Well, you know, that's not me. Listen, I believed in, like, when Eubank first came out, I believed him a lot. But when I'm looking at it now, he's been a professional for a decade and plus, right? He's accomplished things where he's, he's won the IBO title twice, right? But I'm just looking at it. I'm telling you now... Do not be surprised at this upset, you know? I'm going to be real with you. Okay. Well, we're only eight, nine days away, and I'm sure um, we'll do something next week in the lead-up to the fight, Spencer. As always, appreciate you jumping on. Uh, and, and, yeah, eight, nine days away, and uh, let's look forward to a great fight for British boxing. 100%, man. Peace, two fingers, Raz. Take care. God bless, my brother. Spencer Ferron, IFL TV. Sports Social Podcast Network.